0: Welcome to Different From The Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunes, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different From The Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. Yo, 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 thanks for coming. It's Angela and wanted to welcome you all different from the other kids, the podcast. There's also a book by the same name that you can get from Amazon. And if you like this podcast, I would love it. Or if you had any constructive criticism, I would love it and very much appreciate it if you go to iTunes and give us a review. That would be very helpful. Wanted to have a conversation today and an update from a family that we have been tracking a little bit through the first book, and this is Sophie's Parents. I'm having a conversation with Julie next. But before we get started with that, I wanted to share with you an article that I thought was fantastic. Um, it, it's, it's a tough negotiation to listen to, uh, certainly for uh, any parent that's been through this before, but it's very real, and that's why I wanted to share it. It's from a publication called The Wild Word, And the name of it is called Mothering Through the Darkness. And it's by, uh, I guess there's a handle here, Michigan Mom. Parenting a teenager with depression has nearly broken me. It has cracked me open so that I thought the pieces would never come back together. But like the daisies and coneflowers that I hacked down to the ground in preparation for spring, the places that are cut are the places where new shoots grow. I didn't sign up for this, hiding the knives, Locking up the household cleaners, checking his room for anything sharp, for hidden meds he didn't take, noticing new cuts on his arms, wondering if I will find him dead in his room in the morning, sitting with him in the doctor's office, waiting for the results of the drug tests, letting go of the expectations and dreams and hopes, while other parents share proud news about their kids' accomplishments, honors classes, sports achievements, a date to the prom. I'm happy the stealing seems to have stopped that he can, very occasionally, laugh again. It is a heartbreaking thing to know that your child does not want to live anymore. His sweet soul, who used to sing and dance around the house, to canter like a horse around the yard, to lead the neighborhood kid gang in complex games with plastic swords, now wants to die. Now he cuts himself, just so that he will feel something. And nothing we do seems to help. It takes its toll. Living with a severely depressed person is like living with a black hole. When at its worst, everyone is sucked into the blackness. Nothing escapes. Nothing breaks through the darkness. It takes a toll on the family, on the friendships, on the marriage, but most of all on me, the main caregiver, the mom. I'm going to skip down at this point. I will encourage you to... uh, I'll give you all the rest of the information again to pull up this article. It is well written, and as you can tell, it's... uh, very gutsy of this woman to share that and anybody who's been through anything like this will absolutely identify with every single thing that she just said right now uh you're not alone guys Uh, this this is happening um to us uh as families all over the place so it's part of what we're trying to do is just make people feel uh, like there's a bit of a shared experience here let's skip down to a better part because it does get a little better It's still hard a lot of the time, though he's doing really well right now, thanks to a fabulous support team of doctors, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, family, friends, and community. Sometimes I fear that he will never fight his way through to have a normal life. Sometimes his irritability and moodiness make me want him to just go away. Sometimes I fantasize about having a sweet, normal kid or no kids at all. It's funny how the heart has to be cracked open in order to grow so much. There's just no other way. I used to be judgmental of some parents of kids with behavioral problems. Out of sheer ignorance, I often unconsciously blame the parents. My heart is so much bigger now. Where there was judgment and annoyance, now there is only love and compassion. Now I want to reach out to parents who are trying to cope and offer love and support and alcohol. (laughs) Now I want to love the kids and teens I see struggling now there is no such thing as other people's children. I love this. So well written. It's from a publication called The Wild World. It is Behind Domestic Lines is the series and the article itself is by Michigan Mom and the and the title is Mothering Through the Darkness. So please check it out. I wanted to introduce you to our next guest. She is not a new guest. She is an old guest, if there were such a thing. Uh, they have been a wonderful family to, to this program. Very, very helpful, uh, very wonderful to share their journey here. Uh, want to bring in Julie. Julie is the mother of a young girl who has struggled with mental illness difficulty since the age of two. She, her daughter, Sophie, has been um, was tracked through the first book. We had three interviews with her and her husband about her daughter. And Uh, Then in our conclusion of the first book, she also gave us an update and she's back here today uh, kindly to give us another update on how Sophie's doing. So without further ado, Julie, thanks so much for coming and welcome to the program. The last time we spoke to Julie, she had given us a little bit of a blurb in the conclusion of the first book, which basically was saying that despite years of trying and not being as successful as she would have liked, having to call in all different kinds of uh, help at different points. She actually did get help. The family has received some help within the confines of the uh, OHIP program uh, through McMaster specifically, right, Julie? Yes. Um, I just wanted to check in with Julie and find out how things were going with Sophie. They were trying a couple different therapies the last time that we checked in. If I can just get you to weigh in here, the first one... Uh, that I wanted to ask you about was dialectical. Is that I say that right? Dialectical. Thank you. Can't talk. Yeah. Dialectical behavior therapy. Yes. And then the cognitive behavior therapy. Wanted to check in, have a little conversation about both of those and how they were going and if you see a positive change as a result. So let's start with the dialectical.
1: Okay. Um, the dialectical behavior therapy uh, has been very, very beneficial. The focus of dialectical behavior therapy is on teaching an individual very specific skills for coping with um, lots of emotion, very strong emotions. So there's a skill set that is taught and the therapy is done in an individual therapy as well as a group therapy, which Ian and I both participated in the group therapy along with Sophie. And um, we see great benefit most especially to Ian and I just in how we now respond and deal with her outbursts and her challenging behavior and sometimes we see that she uses the skills as well not as often as we would like that's good it's very good that's
0: really great because how old is she now
1: she is about to turn 15 in two weeks.
0: Well, you know what? That's only going to get better. Hopefully, as she matures, she'll see that she is actually able to meter herself a little bit and try and perhaps that impulse control thing, she can actually stop, think about how she wants the outcome to come. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly. wonderful. Yeah. I think that's only going to get better with a little bit of maturity. We hope so. Do you Do you see her using it more as time goes on?
1: Uh, You know what? Initially, I think she was using it much more, especially when we were, the three of us were involved in the group therapy, which was every single week. It was rather intensive. It was a 20-week program, two hours a week. So during that time, um, we could see that she was really using it because there was homework every week. So it sort of really had to be very much in the front of your brain. But now that sort of has... Um, we've been away from it for a little bit while a little while even though she still has individual therapy I can see that she's not using them as often as
0: she once was okay so it's a practice thing
1: it is a practice thing yep
0: as I as I understand then we don't know if this is um where Sophie is going to uh end up as far as a diagnosis if there is going to be one or where they're leading towards, but as I understand it, if the borderline is the most pervasive challenge, um, this is probably your best bet for therapy, right? The this, dia- dialectical, um, because she can get proficient at it.
1: Yes. This is the
0: number one treatment for borderline personality disorder. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're that's great. Yeah. That's very positive. How about the cognitive behavior therapy? Can you describe what it is?
1: Um, Well, cognitive, I'm not a therapist. No, of
0: course not. No, just from your experience. Okay, just from my
1: experiences. I know that cognitive behavior therapy um, focuses on um, teaching someone how their thoughts affect how they feel about things. So if you have a belief about something, but it's an inaccurate belief, um, you can change that belief by changing the thought so um that's sort of where they go with with cognitive behavior therapy and dbt is very much based in cognitive it just sort of has an extra arm where it teaches the very specific
0: skills for dealing with the strong emotions okay yeah the cognitive behavior therapy i know christina has been a part of uh, Mm -hmm. many many times Uh, i think it really helps i think um so much of our experience in life is how we go about thinking about it and how we framed it mm-hmm. and I, I think that that can be a really good one so so the uh, cognitive has been going well though or do you find some people don't find the talk therapy as efficient as effective for certain kids
1: yeah you know what I think it really comes down to the therapist and okay. the fit
0: the so, relationship with the child
1: yeah we have um, we're doing a family therapy which is cognitive based. And I don't think he's a particularly good fit with us. And it feels a little bit awkward sometimes, you know, those pregnant pauses. So um, for me, I don't know that it's the therapy as much as the therapist.
0: Okay. Now, uh, Sophie transferred from private school this year into public school, mm-hmm. or I guess you'd call it public high school. Yeah. Um, how is it going? And does she have an individualized learning program at all? or?
1: She does. Um, the transition has been tricky. Okay. And, um, but I will say, I think it's actually gone better than I thought it would. I have had in my head that, you know, we would only be there maybe a month. We'd be pulling her out and putting her back into the, the private system. But she has managed. Um, there doesn't seem to be any big social issues. There's been good. a couple of small hiccups, but things that she dealt with on her own. That's amazing. Very good. Yeah uh academically she's struggling that's to be expected yeah so we know she's failed one subject and is on the road to failing another one so we're just in the process of uh getting some outside tutoring um in hopes that we can get her back on track but the thing with her is the the failures are a direct result of her lack of effort not of her capabilities so, you know, we we know that we can spend thousands of dollars on private schools and learning centers and tutors. But if she's not willing to learn, doesn't want to learn, we can't make her learn. So mm-hmm. it really it will be up to her. But we'll give her the resources and,
0: and hope that she grasps on. Okay. Now, she has uh, some learning disabilities, doesn't she?
1: Um, she's never been diagnosed with a learning disability. There's a couple of um, things that were brought out in the neuropsych evaluation which was a slow processing disorder so she needs extra time for things Mm -hmm. um so she has an iep which is um calls for accommodations but no modifications so she's the same bar as every other student she Mm -hmm. just allowed some extra time um she has um somebody gives her with
0: the class notes so she doesn't have to do them herself. That's excellent for yeah. somebody who is processing because yeah. it's, it takes too much time to get in the head and out the hands. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, how was her medication going? I know that was a struggle for a little bit, trying to find the right combination. How's that going? It's
1: pretty good. She's on the same medication. The only thing that we've added recently was um, we added in the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. because, you know, we were finding, like, that last week of her cycle, she was getting very, very heightened, so we've just added that in, and I haven't really noticed any results yet, because it's only been one month. But I think the medication just sort of keeps things at bay. It allows her to regulate herself a little bit better, Mm -hmm. and it lowers the impulsivity, but it's not, you know...
0: There's no magic pills. We, can, no. we know that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm really sorry to tell you this, but that whole uh, menstruation thing mm-hmm. and that week before, yeah, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah. Just, you know, I think it gets a bit worse as yeah. things swirl around and all of those chemicals and hormones and mm-hmm. stuff are going on. That is for sure always a week that I am looking out for, making sure, double-checking with her. She doesn't function as well. Uh, she has to sleep a lot more. Um, and if there's going to be a bit of an episode, it will be during that week for sure. Yeah. So I just ask that, uh, she keep track of it in her calendar Mm -hmm. and give me a bit of a heads up. She also has the ability as she's been older, just to give you an idea, um, that there's one particular medication that she can actually up by about 50 milligrams. I can't remember what it is right now, and it's probably not a good idea for me to say it out loud anyway. Mm -hmm. But she actually has the ability through the psychiatrist to up her meds just a little bit for those three or four days that, she could, that she's highly susceptible to having any kind of an episode. So she, with maturity, she may get that opportunity to do okay. a little bit of that as well. Now, how are you doing? I mean, how's your overwhelm? Because mm-hmm. I know that the first time we spoke, which would have been a year, year and a Half ago maybe? Probably. Um it was hard. Yeah. You weren't getting a lot of supports from anywhere. Yeah. Nobody was really jumping in. You were still trying to figure out the system and still trying to figure out where you're where you were going and there wasn't any help coming anytime soon. Nobody was coming. Right. So how's how's the overwhelm going with you?
1: It's much better. Way, oh, yeah. way better.
0: Good. Um once we access
1: the system, mm-hmm. um, I have zero complaints about it. I know most people that That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. But we have um, received the best help and more help than I thought was ever possible.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Walk us through a little bit, if you don't mind, as um, some of the things that you've been involved with uh, since you've actually been getting the help. So you've mentioned the dialectical. You've mentioned the cognitive therapy. Yeah. Um, what other things have come to you?
1: Um, and the other thing that has come to us is a family therapy, um, which is really the coolest thing because it's um, done. It's a called cognitive family therapy with a reflecting partner so we sit with a psychiatrist for 45 minutes the three of us and discuss whatever issues might be happening that week so you
0: have a one-on-one psychiatrist that works with you guys
1: yeah wow well actually we have two
0: get out of here that's (laughs) amazing yeah good for you
1: yeah and then while we're talking there's a social worker that sits on the other side of and a social worker bing 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 won the lottery and she observes the 45 minutes of chat that we have and then she comes into the room and they turn towards each other and reflect to each other about what we've said and how 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 it can be construed yes wow and then she goes away and then he asks as to reflect on their reflection
0: <laughs> that's really cool so that Very you cool. get you really get the opportunity to see how somebody might hear your words exactly amazing and you always wonder you know when you're in these
1: therapy sessions what they say when you leave well now we kind of get to see <laughs> what they say when we leave
0: that's awesome yeah okay you were also mentioning uh earlier mm-hmm. not in in within the confines of the interview that you had somebody coming to your home
1: yes so she just started 2 weeks ago so she's a home based therapist and i have no idea what her credentials are actually i've never even asked her but she's super and um she is coming to the home to help her with the dbt skills and she's also um seems to have a great deal of interest in helping ian and i take back our life good and it has to be part
0: of the whole process it has to be good
1: yeah so we've only had two sessions with her um and today, Sophie refused to come to the table, so it was just the three of us, and I
0: think it was really a great session for the three of us. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, okay, is there another, is there anything else that you guys have participated in uh, recently? I think you've had, you've had a couple other things that you... Well, we
1: had another had- in-home therapist during the summer months mm-hmm. um, who came, and she sort of did, you know, that whole... Uh, she did something very helpful. It's sort of a small thing. It was sort of a simple thing, but it was, you know, that whole idea of um, like the chore chart. Mm -hmm. So everything that Sophie receives, every penny that she has in her pocket is earned. We never, ever, ever give her money. If she wants to go to a movie, if she wants to go to Dairy Queen, whatever she wants to do, um, she has to have the money in her pocket and she has to have earned it. So that therapist that came to us in the summertime really helped
0: us implement that and um, we've stuck with it, and okay. it, it works. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so things are going, are, things are going much better as far as uh, supports are concerned. How is she dealing um, day-to-day? Can you give us a glimpse of what, what, what does that look like at home?
1: Um, I think she presents with many of the same challenges, but what's really, really changed is Ian and I and how we react or don't react to uh, whatever she presents us with. So she's still very oppositional. Uh, the word "no" will send her, you know, to a violent place, to a destructive place, to a verbally abusive place. Um, often, most of the time, and we have just come to know that, you know, if there's nobody there for her to fight with, then you know it's just sort of going to dissipate, and she's going to go away eventually and uh, realize that. The game plan has changed, mm-hmm. and we're hoping that over time, I think you know maybe she's elevating a little bit, and is a little bit frustrated by the lack of our response, and um, I think it was a power thing for her, you know, to get us really riled up and to you know bring about that big reaction. But as she's seeing, we're not. We're hoping that she's going to jump on board and come along in a
0: cooperative and peaceful way. Mm-hmm. Because See, this is this is exactly one of the, well, not exactly why, but one of the great reasons why I wanted to do this. What I hope that people start to understand that are legislating some of these things that are involved in government, that are involved in the healthcare system, to actually give aid to the parents so that they understand what is happening so that they can deal with the child, whether the child is actually getting treatment that changes their life necessarily or not is not always the point they're not going to be perfect their brain is not fully formed till they're 25 you don't even know what it is that you're going to be dealing with but to have the parents get an education to have the parents be able to be coached so they can coach their child I think changes lives entirely and that's I think what you're telling me right now I can't believe the difference in you um from your the Amount of overwhelm that you had when we first spoke to now, it feels like you got a, a much more uh, even approach to everything. Mm-hmm. You know uh, what the consequences are for her. You've got a plan. We have a plan. You have we a definitely plan. Definitely have a plan. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yes. That's really great. Thank I you. mean, as much as the, I mean, is is the actual situational problem absolutely fixed? No, but it's not going to be. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, but it also just might be a period of time. Maybe she's going to even off a lot better by twenty five. We don't know. It's it's a it's a guessing game, and nobody can predict the future. But to allow you to get your life back and to be able to frame things properly and to be able to deal with her better is must be. Tell me, is that is it everything like it sounds like?
1: It's liberating. It's
0: yeah. wonderful. It's just I just feel.
1: So much better, and I don't have those days where I crawl into bed and just, you know, loathe myself for, you know, going to the crazy place with mm-hmm. her and
0: trying to control her. I've just given it all up. I've given it all up. Good for you. Yeah. That's amazing. I was I was lucky enough to get uh, that kind of uh, coaching. It was only once a month, um, but it was probably from the time Christina was in grade one, and I have never heard of anybody getting the kind of coaching that I had, but it sounds like people have been, you know, the system's kind of jumping in to give mm-hmm. you a hand in that regard. That's wonderful. It's the first time I've, I've actually heard it for a parent other than in my particular case. Um, and yeah, it was everything to me that I actually had the opportunity to understand what my child was thinking mm-hmm. when I was so gobsmacked with where the thought process could have come from. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Yeah. It really, it helps, it helps frame life generally at home. Yeah. As far as Sophie going through the rest of high school is concerned, what would you say, if you could give me a couple goals, like maybe your top three goals for her, uh, as she goes through to the end of high school, what would you say top three might be for her working for you working with her? Number one would be graduation.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so important to, to me that she graduate high school um and uh, number two would be to see her find her spark something that lights a fire in her something that she can get passionate about and um perhaps carry that into a career whatever it might be because right now you know she doesn't really have anything that um seems to light her up and
0: that's a teenage thing often, though. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have yeah. to be anything yeah. to do with yeah the way she's built yeah. in the other direction.
1: Yeah. And number three would be to establish and maintain a healthy, mutually
0: respectful friendship with somebody. Nice. Okay. Yeah. How is her friendship? How is that going now? It's Terrible. Not. Okay. It's awful. Okay, that's... Can't, can't have a sure.
1: friend to save her life.
0: That's too bad. And that makes her feel lonely and disheart- probably is very disheartening.
1: Probably. But, it you know, she, it's a self-sabotage thing. Mm-hmm. The friendships don't carry on because she sabotages them.
0: So she has her own worst enemy in that regard. One of the things that I had spoken to Julie when we first started talking about her daughter and mine and getting to know one another was I was trying to frame for Julie or trying to get her to figure out and in a way I guess we all have to figure it out on our own at this point a little bit of respite care we talked a little bit about whether there was anybody there to kind of jump in to give a hand and that's something that's been in my mind from the outset of this project and I think I would have to win the lottery to really make effective change in this regard. But it is a happy thought. I found something the other day um, for respite care. And it's um, it's called recreational respite. And it's for um, children that have, they're, they're saying mental health, physical wellness, and social connectivity uh, challenges. And this is what these guys are all about. And I, I thought it was Fantastic. Um, you're saying it restores, remediates, and rehabilitates a person's level of functioning and independent dependence in life activities to promote health and wellness, as well as reduce or eliminate the activity limitations and restrictions to participation in life situations caused by an illness or disabling condition. I would love nothing more than to see this kind of thing for families with a child that that struggles with their mental health. I think that would be one of the greatest gifts that ever could be made. Imagine the years that you spent not being able to leave your house, not being able to get a break, not being able to to take a nap after a really bad long night. Mm -hmm. Um, What would that have meant to you, do you think, if something like that existed?
1: Um, You know,
0: it's invaluable, really. It's just (laughs) we...
1: We were very lucky in that we did have extended family that would step in and provide us with respite care. But I know lots of families that don't have a family member that can step in. Um, So yeah, because it's funny, the in-house therapist that was with us tonight was talking about respite care and saying how, you know, it's all about maintaining the relationship. So when you have a child that is being emotionally, physically, psychologically abusive with you you need to be able to step away and really so that you can recharge and it doesn't do permanent damage to the relationship you have to have that Mm -hmm. because once a parent um gives up and just says that's it i can't take anymore that is the worst day of that kid's life absolutely so you have to be able to maintain a relationship and if that means having an outlet, somewhere Mm -hmm. else to go Mm -hmm. to recharge, then
0: it's invaluable. It is. It's very challenging uh, when that child only relates to one or both of their parents and nobody else. Mm -hmm. Nobody else really understands them. So as much as they may be giving you the time of your life in a negative way, uh, they do so because they feel safe to express themselves. Um, That's the the challenge, I think, in respite care Mm -hmm. um, with family members or friends or anything like that. I know in my experience, there wasn't really anybody when Christina's in a spin to this day, I've I've only found one had, had a lovely interview with her not long ago um, that was able to jump in one particular night. And it's because she had uh, training, if you will, that's a loosely used word Mm -hmm. um, from her childhood, dealing with a mother who was, was mentally ill, but to find somebody that can just jump in, Um, is really a challenge. So if you had a program that they could get to know some of the staff, that it would be um, recreational and therapeutic, Mm -hmm. would be everything. So anybody that's out there, if you won the 60 million Lotto Max last week, uh, please contact me and maybe we can come up with some kind of a respite care program for families with a child that struggles with their mental health. Thank you so much, Julie, for coming this evening. I really appreciate it. Um, As always, uh, we really appreciate Uh, getting an insight into Sophie's story I think it really helps parents uh, to know in some cases what can can happen next and what kind of development you can expect to see at different stages Uh, everybody's different of course and everyone's going to present different but uh, for parents that don't have anybody to talk to for parents that won't talk to anybody else um, on their behalf I say thank you. Thanks for listening to Different From The Other Kids, made possible with the support of Regal Junction, your connection to quality and stylish premium pet products. You can find them online at www.regaljunction.ca. Music and editing is a product of Among the Crowd Productions. You can hear more at www.amongthecrowd.ca. We'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.